0: I think that's cool. Thank you guys so much. I am so excited that my beloved sister and friend Adrian is up and preaching again. Um, And so, Adrian, passing it off to you. Okay, so, a couple shout-outs. I'm so thankful. First of all, I love the process of of thinking about teaching because it just helps me fall more in love with you guys. I think about you, and I pray for you, and then I think about what, Lord, what do these precious people need from you, Lord? It's got very little to do with me, the the goodness of God and the the word of God, but I love it because it helps me love you guys, and I just, it's its a privilege, so I'm really grateful. Thank you, Kelly. I'm just really thankful, and I want to give a shout out to, I, um, as you guys know, Jeff and I planted this church, what, 2004, 2003 is when we started the planning. It was a long time, almost 20 years ago. Brian, Erica, you guys were there. A lot of you guys were there. John and Corey were there. So I am, um, just so cognizant and so grateful of how much work it takes for this to happen. (laughs) It's worth all the work, but I just wanted to thank so much everybody. Dana, I think Dana and Chris maybe made the coffee this morning. Thank you so much you guys. You get up early, you take your shower, you're tired, (laughs) you get here early. Thank you so much Kevin, Kelly, thank you so much Gabe. You guys are all, you all and Andy, the Carlsons, you guys are beautiful. I mean, everybody, you, you guys know what it's like, right? You, Rachel and Luis, you guys are here at 830 all the time. So I'm just grateful. And um, I love this church. So let's see, that's my first shout-out. Thank you so much. And if I forgot anyone, will you forgive me? Because getting here early on Sundays? Daniel? Oh, gosh. And, oh, quick shout-out also, everybody upstairs who's serving our kids. They show up week after week. So grateful for them. And, Andy, thank you so much. Like, seriously, you've led so much this summer worship. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So it's, we're, we just appreciate them, don't we? Let's, let's clap for them because we are so grateful for them. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. And um, even a a a Louder round of applause for Jesus. All right, Jesus, you're good. We could never do this without you, Lord. Amen. <laughs> um, we are people who are in, made in the image of God and we are His beloved, so the Lord just treasures us. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're very, very lucky. God, you are good to us. Okay, so, sermon series on Jesus's grandparents. I just love it so much because this is kind of, for us, kicking it a little bit old school. In 2004, this was the first thing that Jeff preached on (laughs) was the genealogy and it lasted forever. I don't know if you guys remember it. It lasted for ages and I just love it. Matthew did. I mean, Matthew. Yeah, we taught on Matthew first, but the genealogy was the very first thing when we started Central Vineyard that Jeff spoke on, so I just think it's neat. everything old is new again I guess so one more shout out thank you so much Carl and Jesse thank you so much for three weeks of beautiful teaching and your beautiful hearts I'm so grateful for you guys you serve us you served us you love us thank you that's a lot of work I know Um, okay so CV Church Central Vineyard Church you guys are the absolute best I love you so much. Um, As many of you know, I've been on a sabbatical for quite a while, six plus months, Um, and I'm not, I just, I'm not back from my sabbatical. I'm still discerning what's next for me, but I just wanted to take a minute and just thank you guys for loving me and supporting me and being my friends, praying for me. Um, It's just been such a wonderful time for me to rest and evaluate what the Lord has for me next, but I just wanted to thank all of you so much. You're my friends, and and you love me, and it's been really wonderful to just step back and see all the beautiful people that step up. And I mean, one time I showed up for church, and someone was leading worship. I'm like, who that? It was wonderful. (laughs) I was like, I don't even know who that is. This is amazing. God's providing so many cool, wonderful things. So I'm just extremely grateful, so thank you, Lord, and thank you, CV, for for being my friends. Okay, so let's see. The next three weeks, we're going to talk about King David, and Daniel did such an amazing job of setting that up. It's a very complicated story, (laughs) right? The story of us humans is extremely complicated, Um, and I love how he's like, yeah, this is not... Um, what is going to help your kids sleep at night? (laughs) Just saying, like, not quaint bedtime stories, right? Um, What I want to talk about today is we have a God who meets us exactly where we are. And I just love that so much, how it comes out through the story of the people of God. We can say that about our own lives as well. God meets you exactly where you are. God meets me exactly where I am. God meets every single person on the planet exactly where they are. That is how loving, gracious, and perfect God is. And, um, let's see, I wanna say, I grew up in the church which I'm extremely grateful for. I was given a safe space to um, be me and to learn that community is important. I learned the love of God very early on. And by God's grace, I've not strayed from that. I'm so, so, so grateful. Um, But one thing that growing up in the church, and I think this is probably my own volitional brokenness that did this, I kind of grew up with a sense of I have to make myself good enough for God. I don't know if any of you guys can relate to that. Like, I have to be okay before I can go to God. God's, God's kind of pissed. Pardon my French. God's kind of mad all the time, and I have to make myself okay. And that, my friends, is a complete and utter lie. That is a lie, and it's not true. It's one of the kind of negative things, you know. There are lots and lots of things about um, Christian and church culture in the West that are very bad. That is one that I picked up. And by God's grace, I'm, I'm learning that it's not true. I'm learning that it's not true, and it's just wonderful. Okay, so we are in the first chapter of Matthew. It's just so wonderful. I read the genealogy a few times, and I'm just like, I want to do like a happy dance. It's just so neat. It's so neat that Matthew, first of all, Matthew, I'm sure Jeff has mentioned this, many of you know it already, Matthew was the gospel that was written to the Jewish believers. So Matthew's whole point, as you're reading Matthew, Matthew's whole point is, remember Abraham? Remember Moses? Remember David? They were great. They were really great. They ain't got nothing on Jesus. Jesus is the pure, true king that is the Messiah, that is perfect, that is going to take all those things that Abraham, Moses, and David tried to be, and he's not only going to flip it on its head, he's going to show who God really is. They tried. They tried their best, (laughs) but Jesus is the one who's going to show us who God really is. And it's so exciting. The other thing I love about the genealogy is God does not have any shame for his people. When God looks at you, God is not ashamed of you. God has no problem with your past. God has no problem with your frailties. God has absolutely no problem with who you are as a human, okay? These are things I'm still trying to scratch on my gray matter. (laughs) They're tough for us humans, but it's true. Okay, and I'm going to give you guys a reminder. Jeff says this all the time, but as we're looking at Jesus' grandmas and grandpas, we are going to read the Bible in a, there's a fancy word for this, let's see. Christocentric hermeneutic. We read the Bible from Jesus outward. I mean the 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 Bible is a narrative. It's a story, right? It starts with Genesis, goes all through a, a much many 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 ups and downs in history. But the way that we read the word of God is from Jesus out. It's like this. Jesus is the center, and we read it out. So when we're looking at these old stories, we have to read them in the, through the lens of Christ, right? Um, okay. So, intro to Israel having a king. So, from the beginning of the history of the Jewish people, you guys probably already know this, but it was not God's plan for them to have a king. The people of Israel were led by judges, and they were led by a lot of, you know, decent people, but it wasn't a great system. And then they became desperate. They were like, we really want, you can read all about this in 1 and 2 Samuel. It is First Samuel is one of my favorite books of the Bible. It's wonderful. I highly recommend you go and read it, um, and it'll help you for the next couple of weeks too because it's all about David's life. Samuel was the last judge. And he, it, it absolutely broke his heart when Israel said, no, we insist on having a king. We demand to have a king. We want to be like the other nations. And that really, really, really messed things up. Now, I want to go back to the creation story for just a minute. From the beginning of time, when God created human beings, God looked at human beings and said, I want you guys to have... See this beautiful earth that I've created? It is so awesome. There are so many fish in the sea. There are so many birds in the sky. There are countless creatures that are crawling the earth. The greenery, the the beautiful sky, the clean water. I want you to take care of it. I want you to love it. And I want you to have domain over it. We, right, we were given domain. We said, I want you guys, you're in charge of this, God said you have domain. If you'll notice in the story there is one thing that we are not given domain over, and that is one another. It's not something that we are afforded. We are not permitted to have domain over one another. Humans are equal. We are made in God's image, all perfectly beloved, We are not meant to lord over one another. But it's what we do, right? It's what we do. From the very beginning, we try and lord over one another. I mean, I'm not going to say they, because I do it in my own life. It's why we are where we are in our lives and in this world. Because we create systems. to, in order to have power and control over one another. We do everything in our power. We look around and we say, oh my goodness, I have this, and so I have this color skin, so therefore I must be more important than these other people. I am a male, or I am a female, (laughs) like I, I have money, I have this talent, I'm born in this country, we have, there are countless ways that we choose to take dominance over one another. And it's all wrong. It's not God's plan for our lives, right? And we see the trouble we're in because of how that happens. So that, oh, and I wanted to say, well, I, I love this. We are all, First Peter says that we are a royal priesthood. We are all kings and queens, y'all. We are all part of a royal line. We're not supposed to be dominant over one another and take power. It's because of greed and it's because of fear that these things are present in this world. It's not God's plan for us. There is absolutely plenty in this world for everybody, and we don't have to give way to fear and greed. If from the beginning, if from the beginning of our lives we would look to God to care for us, If we would give our trust to Him, we wouldn't have to live in that way because we've all got plenty. And so that's, like, I just want to, like, take a deep breath and, like, almost grieve in my heart because that is why we are where we are, you know? We take power over one another. It's not God's plan. And that will lead us to thinking about kings in... Um, in ancient Israel. So, I want to say one other thing. Um, I have really struggled over the last, like, I don't know how many years. I guess, I don't know how many years. But I have really struggled as um, a person that lives in this country because I've seen one specific sin that I think has really jacked us up. And we're, it's not unique to America, okay? And I'm really grateful to be in America. I'm really grateful to, to be an American. I really love this place. I really, I don't want to live anywhere else except maybe England. But I, I really love this place. But there is a chief sin that this country has committed since the beginning of our history. And now I grew up in Christian schools and my textbooks told me that we're a Christian nation it was printed in black and white, (laughs) so... um, I don't believe that. I do not believe that. If you guys want further reading, you don't have to agree with me, but if you want further reading about this, um, there's a great book called The Myth of a Christian Nation by Greg Boyd. It's phenomenal. It's very good. Um, But years ago, the scales started to fall from my eyes, and I'm like, oh, I get it. Our political system is in bed with the American church, and it is wrong. I personally am not comfortable with that, and I don't want to live like that. So I try my best to follow Jesus separate from that because it's dead wrong. Um, I don't think this is God's plan for us. Okay, lots of bad news. Sorry, guys, I'm like dropping bombs. I'm like dropping bombs. (laughs) There's so much good news, but we have to look at the bad news first sometimes, I think, you know. Um, So anyway, I live in America. This matters to me. And I, and I think it's really important for the church to say, no, this is not okay. Um, but, but again, okay, we have a God who meets us right where we are. Just like Daniel was saying this morning, does God love this country any less because we are jacked up in this form? Absolutely not. Look at how he has treated. Look at how the Lord God, in the perfect love that is God has treated the nation of Israel with so much grace and so much love. So, we're not hopeless. We're filled with hope. But for me, like, the scales falling from my eyes on some of these issues really helps me to honestly pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven because this is not god's will the kingdom come means we are all equals and the church looks to god for hope and we look to god for provision and we do not look to political power we do not succumb to fear and greed right amen okay so god did not want israel to have kings it's just such a wonderful story, but it's also really heartbreaking because you just fall in love with Samuel. You're like, Samuel, dude, I love you so much. You are such a good guy. Um, when, when Israel insisted on a king, Samuel said, it's coming with a warning. If you guys do this, it's coming with a warning. It's going to mean so many horrible things. If you guys want to be like the other nations, it's not going to be good because Israel was meant to be the light shining, that things could be different, that things could look different, right? Just like our own lives, things can look different. We embrace um, the Lord's kingdom. It's so different than the kingdom of this world. We don't need all that garbage. We've got everything we need in the Lord. Amen. Okay. So, the complexity of David... And who he is. My gosh, I love David so much. The complexity of who that person is, is really the complexity of all of us, I think. The good, the bad, and the very, very ugly, (laughs) you know? Um, But he was like a man after God's own heart. He was so close to God. And um, the Lord... Ministered so much grace and love to David. It's just so cool. Um, Jeff loves to... I I use the word broken, and a lot of people don't like that. Like, broken, we're broken. But that's not the whole story. The whole story is not that we're broken. We're just so messed up. We're terrible. We're worms. God doesn't really like us that much. (laughs) So Jeff uses the word fractured beauty, which I think is really cool, that awesome edit. That Jeff Cannell made to um, total depravity, which I don't vibe with. So, but every culture on the planet, every person on the planet, every system on the planet is in fact fallen, broken, fractured, whatever word you want to use, until the goodness of the Lord returns in fullness. And meanwhile, we are pushing back that darkness, saying, No, Lord, let your kingdom come now on earth, here now, Lord. I love the term, the now and the not yet, because it just so beautifully describes where we are. We have the goodness of the Holy Spirit. We have Jesus's beautiful, perfect life on display for us. But yet we live in this fractured beauty, right? We see heartbreak after heartbreak. Sometimes it can be discouraging. I just want to give a little side note here. P.S. A couple years ago, I got off of all social media. I'm not trying to brag. But I do have a Facebook account because I need to see all y'all sometimes. But um, at church, you know. But I I don't look at it. I I have an Instagram account. I don't look at it. I try not to read the news. Literally, a half hour before I was up here, Carl and Jesse told me about what's going on with the schools Because there is a whole heck of a lot of bad news out there. In fact, I think it's a little bit too much for our brains. So, I have had a really full and mentally more stable couple of years (laughs) without social media in my life. Now, a lot of you guys probably will take breaks from it. I know my daughter does that. Um, But I just want to encourage you that social media does not a life make. You know, you can live without it. (laughs) And news, you know, it's like news, sports, social media, they're all money-making schemes. Just saying, just saying, that was for free. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so I love when Jeremiah writes in Lamentations, everything's falling apart for the people of Israel. This is not, again, fun time reading. But... The prophet Jeremiah says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will put my hope in God. The Lord is my portion. I will wait on God's goodness. I will wait on God's goodness. Lord, you are my portion. So God has always and always will meet you exactly where you are. This whole concept of I have to make myself holy enough in order for God to be happy with me is bunk. It's garbage. It's rubbish. The story of Israel is the people of God being met by a God his perfect love. Is there any better news than that? Is there any better reason to scream about the hope that we have? We don't have to live in the hopeless despair that is this world. We don't have to, and we're not not asked to. We have all the hope in the world, and as I was preparing this message, I kept thinking, grace. This is just, this is grace. This is grace, God's perfect love for people is what we get to live on, in. God always meets us exactly where we are. There's a term that scholars use that I really like. It's called progressive revelation. And the more I learn about this, the more I'm, I'm at ease with the Old Testament. Because, you know, uh, Eric and, er, Erica and Andy saying this morning, God, you never change. You never change. Now, if we actually believe that God never changes, how how do we deal with the Old Testament? I think that's always been a question. It's been really difficult. Progressive revelation is so helpful for me because I read the story of the people of God from Christ out. God is always meeting people right where they are. We're his precious creation. God's good with us. God's just fine with the fact that we're human. We do not have to make ourselves presentable for our God. Thank you, Jesus. So, this grace, this love, this perfect patience that God has, we are so perfectly loved by our Creator. Now, how is it, how do we get from here to there? Um, It's a lifetime, friends. It's a lifetime. It's a lifetime. I'm having a birthday this week. I'm in my mid-forties. I'm very grateful to be alive, to be breathing breathing this beautiful air with you, sweet people. Um, But I just am, the older I get, the more I realize I'm learning grace. I totally don't get it. I have so much to learn. I have no idea about grace. almost makes me want to cry. I have no idea how to get there from here except just walking in the goodness of God every day. Walking in the goodness of God every day. And I I mean, we are learning his grace, aren't we? We are learning God's grace. The genealogy of Matthew is just another beautiful demonstration of that perfect love. No, No shame on God's part, about us. God's just great with you. God's just great with you. Um, I have been thinking a lot this week about... I'm almost done. I'm sorry, it's 11, I know. But um, I think in my head how much I compare myself to others, you know? How many years I've wasted with that. How many years I've wasted with um, the disease of comparison. How many years I've wasted with being insecure. It's just not from God. The Lord made you to be you. And I know I sound like Mr. Rogers, but hello, a shout out for our homeboy. I mean, Mr. Rogers was so ahead of the curve, y'all. I mean, he gets the gospel, okay? God made you to be you, Kelly. And yes, he was a pastor. That's true. That's true. So the Lord made you to be you, and the Lord always meets us right where we are. David is such a perfect example of that because David, I don't think David struggled with insecurities and shame about going right to God, like, God, I need you. You're all I've got such a good such a good example to us so i'm going to lead us if you guys wouldn't mind psalm 27 now we're going to do a little lectio first kelly i'll call you up thank you babe so we're just going to meditate on the scripture lectio divina i'm sure a lot of you guys know about it it's wonderful it's not a looking at scripture to learn and exegete it's more of a looking at scripture and letting it through the power of the Holy Spirit, just wash over you and letting the Holy Spirit speak through it. So if you guys are comfortable with it, Psalm 27 is the psalm that has really led me and comforted me and held me during my sabbatical. And I would love for you guys to share it with me. And it'll take about three or four minutes. So if you guys want to close your eyes, you can. If you want to read along, that's great. This is, why don't you get comfortable in your seats? I mean, they're not the best seats in the world, but they're, they're not horrible, right? Um, why don't you guys get comfortable in your seats? Close your eyes if you want to. And I'm really grateful that this is a safe space for all of us. You guys are all loved. Every single one of you are loved by one another and by your God. And I want us to just be able to rest in the arms of God as we read this passage together. Psalm 27, a psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in the Lord's temple. For the Lord will conceal me when troubles come. The Lord will hide me safely within sanctuary. The Lord will place me out of of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above all my enemies who surround me. In sanctuary, I will offer, let me see, sorry. In the Lord's sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful. Answer me, Lord. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. Do not turn your back on me, Lord. Do not reject your servant. You've always been my helper. Don't leave me now, Lord. Don't abandon me. Oh, God of my salvation. Even though my father and my mother have abandoned me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me, Lord, how to live. Lead me along your path. For enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, Lord. They accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath, they threaten me with violence. Yet I'm confident I will see the Lord's goodness while i am here in the land of the living wait patiently for the lord be brave be courageous wait patiently for the lord amen amen would you guys mind standing with me the holy spirit is here Wherever two or three people are gathered in the Lord's name, the Holy Spirit is there. Lord, we are confident that your presence is here with us. So I have a couple of things that I've been thinking about as I've been praying for you guys. I feel as though some of you, like I wanted to say from Jesus, like I I was picturing... um, you before Jesus and the disciples are like Jesus does not want to see you and then Jesus is like come here I need to give you a hug you I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying that to some of you guys that the Holy Spirit that Jesus wants to give you a hug That you just need it And then the other thing that I've been praying about is just you guys being authentically who you are and not somebody else. And what that, the word that I think of that represents that is freedom. Freedom to be exactly who you are. And that can only come from the goodness of God. You are God's creation and child. Nothing else on this planet can ever Fulfill what that means, right? So, let's pray for each other. Let's pray for each other. The reason—oh, we're getting communion. Everybody grab a communion cup. Thank you, Ezra. Will you pass them out? Thanks, darling. Um, Gosh, so beautiful. Um, Jesus came and said— this whole system that you guys have, it's bunk. You know? We're not called to have dominion over one another. I'm going to show you what it looks like to have all the power in the world through God my Father as I lay down my life, and I've got nothing to fear. Jesus showed us exactly what that power looks like, which is our power in Jesus Christ, right? The kingdom come. Nothing to fear in this world. I'm called to be you, who you are. The fractured beauty of you is so perfect. Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, he broke it. He said, this is my body, broken for you. He said, this cup is my blood, which is spilled for you. I do this because I love you. I do this because I love you. So take the bread. Take the cup. Lord, please help us learn grace. Help us be free, Lord. This is what you have for us. It's such a good life. Oh, bless these people, Lord. They're so precious to you. Each and every one of them. They don't need to be somebody else. They need to be them. I just bless you, Central Vineyard, you beautiful people. <laughs> um, if, there's people that, if there are people that want to pray, come on up. We can get prayer. It doesn't have to be awkward. You can come up. There's no shame in it. You can grab someone you trust and love and say, will you pray for me? Um, I want to live into my authentic self because I'm awesome in Jesus. <laughs> God bless you guys. Go in the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus with courage to be yourselves. And David, we love you. We miss you this morning. And Brian, too. And whoever else is watching, we love you guys so much. So, awesome. Thank you guys for having me this morning. It's such a joy. Let's worship together and pray.